the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There is a proven principle that applies in many aspects of life. You certainly see it in agriculture, but you also see it in our inner cities. It is called you reap what you sow. Uh, You reap what you sow means you will get what you put in position to happen. You will get it later than you put it in position to happen. And you will get more of whatever you put into position to happen. We will talk about reaping what has been sown as we begin a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 The Answer. Appreciate you joining us. Invite you to take us with you wherever you go via our apps if you're away from your radio. Tune in iHeartRadio.com, the 98.9 FM The Answer app, downloadable at the Google and iTunes, Google Play, and iTunes Store. Uh, You reap what you sow is evident in the fact that Columbus is now one homicide away from its 100th of the year. Uh, 4.20 a.m., a marathon station in the hilltop, 21-year-old man pronounced dead at the scene, got in a verbal altercation with another man who got in his vehicle, fired several shots, Drove away. Police are looking for a black male, medium-length dreadlocks is the description in the Columbus Dispatch. Said to be wearing a black jacket with the design of a skull on the back and a red hooded sweatshirt under the jacket. Uh, This happened hours after Columbus City Council members met with members of the Linden community, which I would say is uh, probably the most violent uh, portion of the city, dangerous portion of the city. Um, perilous portion of the city, uh, near east side, hilltop, Linden. The three areas I don't think you want to be in in the wee hours of a morning or even in the bright sunshine of the afternoon. Violence happens all the time. And Columbus City Council, Mayor Andrew Ginther, and uh, the very activist people in the city of Columbus, so-called faith leaders who have ratcheted up the anger and mistrust and distrust of Columbus police, are reaping what they sowed in the aftermath of the late May and June riots downtown and in the aftermath of the Micaiah Bryant shooting several months ago. When you sow seeds of distrust in the police department, Council President Shannon Harden has done that. Uh, Members of the newly named Columbus Police Oversight, Civilian Oversight Review Board have done that. Um, Tim Ahrens and other pastors, so-called, 
pastors have done that in the city of Columbus. Uh, you get more than you sow, later than you sow. At the time, these uh, agendas were being advanced and put forth. Uh, our homicide numbers were not astronomical. It was unthinkable at that time that 2021 could be a more violent year in the city of Columbus than the record violent year of 2020. Um, when you see the statistics on various internet sites about violence up across the country, you will see homicides in New York, Chicago, Baltimore, Detroit, other violent places, Milwaukee, and the percentages are shocking. 20%, 30%, 40%. Uh, it might interest you to know, the other day, Columbus's homicide rate was up 59% over last year for this particular date. Today, it is up 74% over a record pace from a year ago. 74%. Only Portland, where the homicide rate is up 220% since last year, is, as far as I know, among America's major cities, a more violent increase in homicides this year. Columbus is number two. And so last night, uh, well, the seeds of discord that were planted, watered, fertilized, oh boy, were they fertilized. Plenty of fertilizer flying from the mouths of city council president and Mayor Ginther and civilian oversight review board members and those fake faith leaders. Lots of fertilizer. No shortage of fertilizer for their viewpoints. Well... It's no wonder, then, that our homicide totals have skyrocketed. And now comes the harvest of the crop. And the people like the city council and the mayor are starting to get heat from people who live in these affected communities. And they want to know, why is my neighborhood so violent? Why is my neighborhood so unsafe? And I would love to tell you that these politicos and these loudmouth lost faith leaders have seen the error of their ways, but they haven't because they can't even agree on a solution. At this city council appearance last night in Linden, uh, it seemed as if Shannon Harden, the council president, was backing off his previously chesty rhetoric about the police being, you know, over their skis on imposing their authority. Uh, but President Pro Tempore Elizabeth Brown, she's the one who would take over a city council meeting if uh, Shannon Harden was not there. That's what her title means. Uh, she's still all in on the militant side of mistrusting, distrusting, indicting police. She wants a lot of their crowd control techniques taken away. She's taken a page out of the uh, playbook of the federal judge, Algernon Marbley who a couple of months ago said, no more rubber bullets, no more wooden bullets, no more tear gas, no more pushing. And so the council members will face some uncomfortable moments in front of the residents of the Linden area. If they ever go to the hilltop, similar situation, then they'll retreat to the safety and sanctity of City Hall or to their personal residences and are likely to be, and we certainly hope they are, untouched by the violence that grips our city. 
but they are unmistakably reaping what they have sown. I certainly hope that Elaine Bryant, the new Columbus police chief, figures out a way, but uh, not even Nick Wallenda could walk the tightrope that Elaine Bryant has to walk between earning the trust of her officers in the Columbus Division of Police and satisfying the now apparently competing agendas of two members of city council, not to mention whatever Andrew Ginther is thinking these days. As he watches the city that he is charged with running disintegrate into a violent hellhole. So it's a hard way to earn a hard lesson. But the people who are in charge of running the city of Columbus hopefully have the clarity to recognize the mistakes that they have made and to move toward correcting them. It is 519 on the Bruce Hooley Show at 533. We will talk with Ohio House Republican Jenna Powell. Jenna is the legislator who is attempting to advance the Protect Women's Sports Act. I think she's probably had a pretty eventful week. Wanted to check in with Jenna since her amendment to the name, image, and likeness bill uh, is getting her some national publicity today. It always takes the national sites a little time to catch up to the goings-on in state houses around the nation, uh, the petulant Democratic response where they were <laughs> pounding the table, yelling, screaming, as if their uh, huitina was being delivered late to their table in the morning. Uh, that has made the Daily Wire today. Uh, we'll ask Jenna her best guesstimate as to the future of the Protect Women's Sports Act, which I think is still necessary, and we'll talk with her about Governor DeWine's, in my view, uh, nonsensical opinion that it is a matter better left to the Ohio High School Athletic Association. So that's at 533 today. Big news in the world of entertainment today, and it's spanning the world of entertainment. Bill Cosby is out of prison and looks like he is not going back. His conviction uh, on sexual assault charges has been vacated, overturned on a legal technicality. It's not that there's been new evidence or anything that Bill Cosby has been found innocent, but he is now deemed not guilty because originally, and this all happened during the Me Too era, remember with Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose. I'm trying to think how many famous people were uh, taken down by the Me Too era, but Cosby supposedly drugged women and took advantage of them physically, sexually. Uh, Cosby was told by a prosecutor, I'm not going to charge you. I'd like for you to have complete candor with me about the details of this particular case that's going to be tried in civil court, not criminal court, civil court. And Cosby talked to this prosecutor, and then the things Cosby told the prosecutor were later used against Cosby when a different prosecutor charged him criminally. Uh, I think in legal terms, that's called fruit from the poison tree. And so Bill Cosby goes free. And honestly, if that's if that happened, he should go free. Uh, because you don't want to set that precedent. So Bill Cosby is out, and 
Uh, we lost a longtime governmental figure today, Donald Rumsfeld, who was uh, Secretary of Defense under George W. Bush. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld died today uh, in his late 80s. Donald Trump, still going strong in his mid-70s, was on the border today. And Donald Trump on the border is, uh, you might imagine, a very, very good soundbite. And the president did not disappoint. All Biden had to do is go to the beach. If he would have just done nothing, we would have now the strongest border we've ever had. It was even getting better and better and better because it was all kicking in. Uh, I think Biden is, maybe not at the beach, he's out to lunch a lot, uh, but he wants an open border. He has legislated or not legislated to facilitate an open border. And the numbers of migrants streaming across the border and the number of drugs streaming across the border is astronomical. The media tires of a story like the border when they are rooting for the president in power with Trump. The border was always going to be a story because the horrible orange man was going to keep out the poor downtrodden people who were being persecuted in their countries. And it didn't matter how many criminals or how many terrorists or how much fentanyl Donald Trump kept out of the United States of America. It was never going to justify the families that were kept in cages, even though Barack Obama and then vice president back when he was lucid or semi-lucid, Joe Biden kept or, excuse me, started the kids in cages policy. So uh, Trump wanted to build a wall, never got the wall built, but he was definitely a president who sent out the unwelcome mat, right? Migrants didn't come streaming over the border to the tune of 180,000 a month. Only 2,000 either didn't get the message that Trump did not want them here or that they would be processed and not shown the kind of uh, ridiculously lax policies that Biden employs where they are, they are literally loading migrants into buses, not testing them for COVID and driving them to other parts of America, some as close to us as Kentucky. Now, I'm not making any comments about these people are inferior, less than, anything like that. But in an era two decades removed from 9-11, do you really think it's a good idea for so many people to be streaming across the border that it creates such an unflattering portrayal of the Biden administration's ineptitude on immigration, that they would rather just get these people out of here, get them to some other state. So then when the bus story came out, they started putting them on airplanes and flying them to other portions of the country because it's harder to take video and photos of planes full of migrants than it is bus drivers because presumably those are government pilots and they're not going to talk like the... uh, freelance bus drivers they're hiring to bus these migrants elsewhere in an era of COVID. So everything's theater. They don't care if these people have COVID. They don't care if they spread COVID. They just don't want to deal with the fallout of having 180,000 people streaming over and into our country every month. And they can't turn them away because then AOC will put on her white pantsuit and go down to the border. Not Not in El Paso, the real border, not where Kamala went. And she'll cry and she'll be 
Oh, she'll be so distraught, even more distraught than she when she was nowhere near the Capitol and a bunch of goofy guys in hats with horns on them stormed the Capitol and caused her to go into therapy for the rest of her life. So Trump today, before talking about how the Democrats are performing on the border, uh, reminded everyone how his administration was performing on the border. We had a roundtable, and they were talking about fentanyl. It, uh, it was vir- virtually not coming in to the area. It wasn't coming through the border at all. We had the border so closed, the best ever. And now it's coming through at levels that they've never seen before, just pouring in. Because, you know, we're not only talking about people. Millions of people are coming in. But we're talking about drugs. We're talking about human trafficking, the human trafficking. And by the way, mostly women. I hate to say not children, not men, mostly women. The human traffickers, we had them down to a halt. And now they're going at a level that they've never even thought imaginable. We had it close to stop. Now, this is a worldwide problem. It's all over the world. But we had them. This part of the world, it comes through the southern border human trafficking, and it's a terrible thing. Nobody, no lower form of life than people that do that, and they make a lot of money. They make more money than the drug dealers, they say. And uh, we stopped them and the drug dealers. We, we did a job like nobody thought was possible. That's vintage Trump, of course. The uh, self-aggrandizing assessment of his performance, but he's not wrong, and he's certainly not wrong about human trafficking. When the coyotes who charge whatever they can get away with for coming across the border. Oh, I'm sorry, you're $1,000 short. Gee, I guess you'll have to work it off. Hmm. Where's the party of uh, Me Too and the party of War on Women on that? Hmm. Now, I know this will shock you. So, you know, brace yourself. If you're driving, grab tightly onto the steering wheel with both hands. And if you're home, you know, take your thumb and your four fingers and spread them apart and grip the armrests of your chair because I'd hate to knock you over with the stunning coincidence that on the day that Donald Trump is at the border, completely and totally out of the blue, uh, the Trump organization's chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, was charged with tax-related crimes. (laughs) By the Justice Department. (laughs) Wow! Who saw that coming? I mean, can you say politically motivated arrest, Mr. Rogers? Yeah, they're trying to get this guy, Mr. Weisselberg, to flip on Donald Trump, Don Jr., and Eric Trump. How many millions have they spent on this? The Manhattan D.A.? So what's this guy's grand crime? What did he do? Did he did he mastermind a human trafficking operation at Miralago? Did they steal like you know hundreds of acres of prime New York real estate for Trump's latest golf club? Hmm. This guy is charged with the heinous crime that affected absolutely no one of not paying taxes on perks like preferred parking spaces. And, I don't know what, free golf carts? Uh, Free desserts in the uh, men's grill? So, it's just goofy. And they're trying to get him, as I said, to flip. And the problem is, 
This guy is old, and he's been with Donald Trump since 1973, and he's not flipping. So how determined are they to get the former president? They've gone to Mr. Weisselberg's son's ex-wife. Boy, I'll tell you what. You do not want a politically motivated Democrat on your tail. Ask Tucker Carlson about that. We'll get to Tucker. But next, it's Jenna Powell. What's the future of the Protect Women Sports Act?